When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. California for a week and it was a great time it was it was just for like a nice little vacation for for Christine and I a little uh bay vacation before the baby comes and, and she has family there so she, she kind of we got like got all these recommendations everything like that and it was fantastic the one thing that I noticed the, the hugest difference is is this, the sheer size of California of how you literally have to drive everywhere and you have to drive on the highway. Like if you side street it, it's you're not gonna get for like another hour. But if you highway it, the highway is so or the freeway is so fast that you'll get from point A to point B in like, I don't know, ten minutes if you really wanted to, but from really far distances. So and they go by miles, right? The the kilometer speed limit here on the highway is about a hundred and it's gonna be a hundred and ten. Which is about 60 miles per hour over there if you're going 65 which is the speed limit on the freeway you're going to get ticketed or you're going to cause an accident so basically people are driving like minimum 75 85 miles per hour which is about 120 to 130 kilometers an hour y'all are just speeding so fast that i i had to take a day to really get used to it but man, I tell you, it was it felt dangerous at first, and then you kind of loved it because people are just going at a speed that like I'll be there in ten minutes, no problem. <laughs> Wherever you need me to be, I'll be there in ten minutes. Like man, this is it was in it was Anaheim. Fun. This was in California. Like if when we were driving to Anaheim to LA or Anaheim to I don't know Huntington Beach or something like that, like all over the all over the place, you're you're driving on the freeway no matter what, and you're driving fast as hell, man. It is something to get used to if you're planning to go back. There. Well, it reminds me of the wolf in um, in Pulp Fiction, where it's like, "I've got to be there in ten minutes. I'll make it five. Like, it just sounds like <laughs> that's what people are like over there. It, it really is. Like, I'm, we're we're doing like Google Maps the whole time, and I'm like, I wonder if this takes into consideration of like the speed limit there, because like from Anaheim to LA, if you went the highway speed that is in Toronto, you're not going to get there for two hours, man. But we got there in like 45 minutes because you're going like 130 kilometers an hour. <laughs> Not too shabby. Man. Yeah. No, it was fun. It was a good time. And now now we are thoroughly jet lagged. We came back this morning um, 
and we took a nap accidentally for about three hours. Yeah, the uh, it's not that bad because it's like three hours, right? It's not that bad, but I felt it as well with Vancouver because it's like it's just enough to get screwy where it's like, huh, I'm waking up at like six in the morning, but really it's nine Toronto times. And then when you come the other way, like, I don't know about you, like I wasted an entire day on the way back because we, you know, we left at like one Vancouver time. It's supposed to arrive at yeah. like uh, four or like five Vancouver time, which is eight Toronto time, but it wound up being nine because we were, you know, delays and whatnot. Yeah. So by the, by the time you get back, you're like, well, crap. I, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's definitely a little strange. Need vacation, like, a, like a short, short little weekend vacation just to get, a good, get back into the groove. Thing. Yeah. Especially if you're on a different time, time zone. Because it is not if I if I thought about like going back to work because it's Friday and I can help uh, with with my job. But I was like, ah, there's no way there's no I got in like at 7 a.m. our time. Uh, so basically, it's like 4 a.m. What we're really feeling. And it was just not a good time. So, man, that nap was was good. man. That nap was good. So you're um, you're all refreshed for this episode. Yeah, no, I was excited to talk to you guys, but we haven't had a time to actually like sit down and talk with each other for a while. Well, at least all three of us, you know. You know what to say: strength in numbers. Oh wow! Look at that! Yeah. Look at that smooth transition, Dre. <laughs> yeah, because uh, why else would we be talking outside of? Well, I mean, I did say I just wanted to talk. We we could just we could just be shooting the shit the whole hour. Yeah, that's true. That's talk. true. I mean, you know, if we're going to work off the strength of numbers thing, I mean, I, the Warriors did just win a championship. Shouts to uh, Daniel Hardy, Dr. Tom, and all the great folks ah. over there uh, covering yes, the yes, Warriors. Yes, yes. Yeah. Everybody who's a Warriors fan, and even in, in – well, I was more in L.A. land, but, like, they, you got you got a lot of Golden State Warrior fans over there, of course. It's hilarious, um, though, because, like, you went to L.A. during the playoff season um, – my twin Karina went to Boston during the playoff oh, wow. season. So uh, I don't, I don't know what your experience was like because I mean you were in Anaheim. You also weren't in the heat of it. It doesn't yeah. sound like, but I was. Um, you know, Karina brought me back some Celtics merch, which is uh, very nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, hey, nothing, to, nothing to laugh about. She knows I love basketball. Hey, as long as it's not you know Washington or New York, I'm good. You know, so. <laughs> Uh, I'll accept Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. The worst thing that you can do for Dre is get him anything New York. Oh, no. New York. New York Knicks related. specifically. I love everything else New York. I love the city. I love Times Square. I remember fond memories of the few times I've been there. But I can hate the Knicks, and that's about it. <laughs> Man, why do you got to make me work all the time? <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah. Welcome. To that's a rip podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. Of course, the Raptors are not in the playoffs, but it's the offseason. And I believe the draft is happening on the 23rd, like next Friday or something like that. And we have a second round pick, so that's going to be something to talk about next week. But for now, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors who have, I guess, completed a comeback since they were down 2-1 to one and they dominated. And shout out to the second coming of Air Canada who is bringing the championship ring back to Thornhill. Ah, Maple Jordan. Exactly. I'm very, very happy for Andrew Wiggins. Just thinking about, like, there was a video, I think Bleacher Report just put out just a montage of where Andrew Wiggins was at in Minnesota. And, and you know, we're not not from Minnesota. We don't know any Minnesota fans, but, like, just see his, you know, 
the radical change in his behavior of like when he was there, you didn't see him smile once. And when now he's in Golden State, all you do is see him smile. <laughs> he like loves the game. Uh, it, it's it's great. I, I'm really, really happy for Andrew Wiggins, man. Yeah, like something that's very interesting is um, and we might have felt this way and we're right in feeling this way back during the All-Star break, but it felt a little silly when he was an All-Star starter. And uh, a big mm. portion of that was because I don't remember which member, but a member of BTS said uh, he's one of the best two-way players in the game. Don't at me. Uh, just go vote for him. Now, once you place this guy on a good team, like one of my favorite contemporary players, and I'm not really comparing the two, but a similar results, I see a lot of what was going on with Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins, where he had a moment to shine, and he did not shine more in his entire career more than where it counted in the NBA right. Finals. And even when Steph had like a bit of an off game last game, Wiggins was there to shine. Like on the defensive end, especially, I was like going mental with the amount of rebounds he got, blocks, tips, everything. Like he was going crazy yesterday and putting up some some decent numbers as well. This guy might be, I don't know about one of the best two-way players in the game, but one to definitely discuss. And I feel like we've reached a point where we can't really ignore it anymore. Andrew Wiggins is a bit of a great player. And considering that I would argue that Clay Thompson kind of underperformed at times, especially yesterday. He's certainly not the Clay Thompson of, of old, but you know, he's trying mm -hmm. his best. Draymond really had a bad series, but he had a quite a good game yesterday, a little bit of flash of the old Draymond. But otherwise, right next to Steph, the number two option on this dynasty team is is Andrew Wigadala. I mean, this guy is is fantastic. Like I yeah, Maple Jordan is real. He's real. I just never thought that I would have to say the words Andrew Wiggins and Finals MVP in the same sentence ever <laughs> in my life. And it was amazing because that thought crossed my mind after his game five performance. And you know, it's you mentioned his defense, and I think that that is so it's been underrated all season long. His impact on the defensive end, and it got to shine a really big spotlight on it. The way he shut down Tatum, and I'm I'm saying that without hesitation, he shut down Jason Tatum on the yeah. biggest stage. So yeah. uh, he probably and, and I don't I have no idea. I don't know. You guys have seen it, but like I don't know if there was any if if Steph Curry was the unanimous Finals MVP. But I wouldn't be he surprised. If, okay, okay. I was gonna yeah. say I wouldn't be surprised if he got the Fred Van Vliet honorary single MVP vote there. But I'm actually surprised he didn't. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, that's the thing is like when when you're a, a strong defensive player, there just aren't stats that cover that, right? I mean, you know, Iguodala got got the got the MVP a few years ago for that same reason and how he slowed down LeBron. Didn't even shut him down. But look at Wiggins did Tatum, right? Like you, the book was out on like this is a team that's going to ride or die with how Tatum does and. Wiggins yeah. turned it up a notch, and he's a big reason. Like, I would even argue, yeah, similar to what you're saying, Dre. Like, he probably deserved a vote or two. Um, in, in terms of this, the success of, of this team, this, this team is not hoisting a trophy today if not for Wiggins' defense. I just want to piggyback quickly, and I'll pass it off to you, Jason, because I feel like you've got a lot of thoughts as well. Um, but mm -hmm. to your point, you know, you brought up LeBron and, and Iguodala. Iguodala, yeah, slowed down LeBron. 
and LeBron still was like, oh, LeBron's having an off night. He's only shooting 25 instead of 35. But he won a finals MVP. It could, or um, Andrew Wiggins made people question Jason Tatum. People are flat out like, what the hell happened to Jason Tatum? Instead of, to your point, oh my God, look what Andrew Wiggins did to Jason Tatum. It's not that Jason Tatum crapped the bed, Amber Heard style. It's that he basically was shut down by one of the elite defenders of the series. And that's what this looks like. So to your point, I'm yeah, I'm surprised he didn't even get one vote. It, it's crazy to think how one you have you know one of the best shooters of all time, Steph Curry, and uh, arguably you know top five in like in Clay Thompson, but like Draymond Green isn't really there to be your you know twenty and ten guy. He's he's there to be a disruptor. But just to think about Andrew Wiggins to be the the third option, sometimes the second option in this team, uh, and hoisting that Larry O'B. You're right, guys. There was no way that the Warriors would hoist this trophy up if it wasn't for Andrew Wiggins, which is crazy. It's crazy to think about where he was. Just think about where he was in Minnesota coming to, I guess, you know what? A team really does make a difference, right? Bringing him in, trading someone like Andrew Wiggins, who is, you know, first overall pick and really dynamic. Uh, but the... The offensive is the offense is one thing. He doesn't really have a very good you know, outside shot, but him driving and attacking every single time really put pressure on Boston. And when it comes to Jason Tatum, yeah, Jason Tatum is a really good player. We all know that. But if you when you hold him, you know, quote unquote, hold him to you know twenty three a night, twenty seven to twenty six points. No one else outside of Jalen Brown is going to bring this bring the Boston Celtics to victory. And you know, not only that they Andrew Wiggins kind of locked him up, uh, but Jason Tatum also turned over the ball enormously. Yeah. Like I think I saw some crazy stat about like like in this playoffs he turned it over like about a hundred times or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like, he that did. never happened. Holy crap! Yeah. Like that's a lot. I don't like I don't I'm not good at math guys I understand but like he turned the ball over a lot and you know some of these games he turned over six times four times five times like that's one single player yeah. and that's credit to Andrew Wiggins yeah. thinking about that think about that man Jason Tatum is one of the best young players the most up-and-coming player in the NBA right now outside of maybe you know Ed Zucumbo or something like that but like to be shut down with a Marcus Smart there with the Defensive Player of the Year there. You know, Andrew Wiggins was a standout point when it comes to the defense and because he had to guard uh, Jason Tatum, their number one option, and also put up numbers uh, on the offensive end. Fantastic job by Andrew Wiggins. Man. Yeah. A quick shout-out as well to Draymond Green, who I would consider the Marc Gasol of the series. Um, similar to Marc Gasol on our team, a lot of people are looking at the wrong stats. You know, it's hilarious to call him triple single. And I'm not being facetious. It actually is downright hilarious to call him triple, Mr. Triple Single. But um, at the same time, yeah, he was kind of not doing too well with stats and whatnot throughout the series. But in general, he's the type of player who just makes people better around him. And there was no better example for that outside of last night where um, a lot of people are like, oh, my God. What an amazing stat sheet, 12, 12, and 9, which is still pretty good, but like 12 still not that many points, but it's not because they read better by the numbers. It's you watch the game, the crazy passes that he's doing, the orchestration, getting people in line, 
so you know you have a lot of young guns here like um jordan pool yep andrew wiggins obviously we've talked about him to death and a lot of them are underneath the leadership of clay and steph but a lot of them also listened attentively to draymond green and i feel like uh his contributions, although it's hilarious to point out his flaws, his contributions also can't be ignored. I, I know we. We'll, I, I want to continue on the Draymond talk. I'm just going to finish up with with Wiggins. Uh, oh, sure. Just pose a quick question to you guys, and then we can come back to Draymond. Do you think Wiggins is kind of the reverse Siakam here, where uh, he kind of started off in this number one role, it didn't quite work out, then it's like actually maybe a secondary role is better for you. And that's how we fit into Golden State. Whereas Siakam, it's the opposite. He started off in that secondary role. We're trying to wedge him in as number one. Not quite ready yet. Do you think he's like a reverse Siakam? Um, it's always tough when you're the number one option because that places a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Is he a number one option right now? I would argue not. But some of the best players of all time aren't number one options. You know, I'm thinking of Pippen. I'm thinking of Ginobili. He's really flourishing where he is. Now, the offseason is very much up in the air for a lot of reasons. And, Jay, you're probably the expert on this when it comes to contracts, budgeting, and all of that stuff, especially when it comes to the Warriors. But uh, where he's at right now, could he abandon ship and go to, like, another team where he's the number one option, like, say, a Sacramento or something? Potentially. But I think right now, this is where he's succeeding. And... If he wants to become a number one option, I think he needs to stick around as a Robin for a little bit because eventually he's going to keep building that charisma. I mean, he's hot right now. The fact that he's a champion and he was like arguably the second best player in the series, both teams considered. Um, this is just the start. He's a late bloomer. This is just the start. Not yes. yet should he be a number one option, but eventually I can see it. For sure. Yeah, he's his his contract next year is his last year of the contract. So yeah, he's he's got a contract year next year. So he's got to think about that. But you know, as him and Poole said, now we're they're gonna get that bag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Andrew Wiggins already has that bag. Like, he had a pretty big contract going into Golden State, but depending on yeah, what he's true. gonna get in the next two years, is uh, you know, there's no hiding the fact that he contributed so thoroughly in his like. Yes, it's not his first time in the playoffs, but this is his first like real run into the playoffs, right? The last time he was was with Minnesota with Jimmy Butler. Um, to answer your question, Jay, it's hard not to do a you know pretty interesting comparison when it comes to, like the opposite Siakam. I, it, yeah, I think it's I think it's hard because Siakam wasn't asked to be the number one option as soon as he got into the team. He it, it took a couple of years. Uh, maybe I guess when after Kawhi left, and then and then we asked him to be the number one option for it. When it comes to Andrew Wiggins, he was picked number one, so automatically you're asked to be the number one option. Yeah, that's, that's why it's the reverse. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's the reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I guess I I can see it. I can see where you're coming from. Um, let's just hope that you know Siakam doesn't need to go to another team in order to flourish or something like that flourish even more yeah, uh, no, yeah. He's, he's, he's doing just fine yeah he's, exactly. he's a lifer I can, I can, just just the way the same way that the draymond green is is probably a lifer with the warriors i mean you you brought up his his numbers there there dre and you know i looked at how draymond performed in the clinching game of all of his finals appearances and you know, you, you think about the year that the, the Warriors lost to the Cavs in Game 7. 
that's the same game where where Draymond dropped that incredible 32 points, 15 board, nine dimes. Uh, people forget about that because that's the the game that Cleveland won, right? And then you think about the the against the Raptors in Game Six, he drops a triple double, eleven points, nineteen boards, thirteen oh dimes. Like this man shows up when when it's like crunch time in the playoffs, and he almost had a triple double last night. So yep. yeah, he's he's a, he's a, he's an all timer, and uh, you know he's he's mm. the the glue that that holds that team together and. You know, I'm happy for him that he gets to answer. Oh man, is he is he ever collecting receipts today? Um, <laughs> I he he's definitely the most quote worthy person in the NBA. Speaking of receipts, that uh, Boston fan with the tattoo better get a return. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure he's gone to hiding. He'll he'll continue just to change the digits on the 20th century. You know, it'll, it'll just like ask him to be like, can you make it 2023? Can you make it 2024? Like he'll just continue on and on and on. Oh God, I feel bad for that guy. Um, okay, can I ask you guys a quick question? What is considered an NBA dynasty? Do they have to win a certain amount in this small span of the year? Like, do they have to win two to three? NBA titles in order to become a dynasty? Like, what is a dynasty exactly in NBA terms? At least hmm. three. And with the same... Hmm, something needs to... Um, there needs to be a, a, a similarity between those three rosters. So what I mean by that is, like, this Warriors team was already a dynasty after the, their third championship. So... They, for in my eyes, they they fit that definition. But I think also if it's something like, actually, I can't even think of another example that's outside of that because it, it's basically three within, let's say, a decade, uh, maybe even less than that. Um, the reason why I say a decade because it's like maybe the teams change, but the coach is the same, right? So, actually, now that I say it out loud, maybe that's not a dynasty. I don't know. Well. Uh, to, uh, I guess, where you are going, I'm going to play the contrarian. Um, yep, yep. A lot of people bring up the Spurs, the Spurs dynasty. Yeah. And if you bring yeah. up their five rings, I need to remind you that uh, one of them didn't involve Tony Parker, I don't believe. Two of them involved David Robinson. So, you know, if you're if you're feeling a little bit conflicted with the whole Kev- Kevin Durant thing, consider those the, uh, the admirable, or sorry, the admiral years. And think of it as... You still have Steph, you still have Clay, you still have Steve Kerr, you still have Draymond. Uh, I mean, Kevon Looney is a part of a lot of that dynasty too, which is very strange. The dynasty is the bulk of what was working still sticking around and working. I would say the fact that Durant came and went and they won before him and they won after him, to me, that is a dynasty because how could it have worked without him if it wasn't? You know, I don't want to bring up the Raptors, you know, in this such a case, because I also love our, our, uh, you know, our, our, our faithful win. But we came together and we're quite different now. This is a dynasty. This is a team where a lot of the key parts are still there. So if, if like the entire Toronto organization trades with the Golden State organization and then the Warriors win again next year, that's not a dynasty because it's an entirely different set of people. Wait, sorry. Can you? Re- uh, are you saying like if ter- if 
the Golden State moves to Toronto and they have a new team and they win? Or well, we, we trade. We say everyone in Toronto from Masai all the way down. Uh, or no, let's just say the team. All the players, like from Fred Van Vliet all the way. The entire 15-man roster gets traded with the Warriors. And Fred Van Vliet and Siakam and all of them lead the Warriors to a championship next year. Are they still a dynasty or is it? It's not a dynasty anymore because it's a different set of folks. Well, it makes it a little tricky for this question. You know, if you ask that about, I don't know, like one of the other teams that might be, you know, part of this question is a little trickier. The Warriors are now the third highest winning franchise. And you're looking at some historical years, like the other other three wins and what those teams comprised of. They already had a bit of legacy, so now you toss this team in there. It's tough because it, it's 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 quite contextual. Would that yeah. team winning be a part of the dynasty? That's I I I can't say that it is, but in the grander picture, you know, would you argue that the big three that won in Boston is a part of the Boston dynasty? In a way, I would say no, but they're also a part of the tied winning this franchise in history. So they kind of are. Boston's a dynasty. And I would have to argue at this point, Golden State, if you're not the Lakers or Boston, Golden State's the closest team you can have to having that that, that type of mentality because otherwise you've got franchises that, comprise, that are comprised of teams that, you know, have good eras and then they don't have good eras. Like the the next in line are the, are the Bulls and will they ever win a championship again? I don't know. Like those were the Jordan years. You could safely say with the Warriors that they were the best at what they were doing in multiple generations, particularly now. So I, I don't know. Again, it's, I would say yes, but I can easily see why people would say no. Jason, what do you think? What's your definition of a dynasty? It's hard. It's it's kind of up in the air because whenever I say dynasty, it's I always think of like a triangle <laughs> for some reason. So I think of like three players or something that has to do with like a triangular figure. So it could be like the San Antonio Spurs with like Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan. But yeah, Dre, you're right because they did some with the with Robinson. But then there's uh, there's Pop in there, right? And then when it comes to the Bulls, you got Jordan Pippen and Phil. You know, when it comes to the Warriors, you got the three, Clay, Steph, and Draymond. I don't know. That's what I kind of see it when it comes to the dynasty. But then it also has to be like how many wins that they've had together. So, again, with the triangle, maybe three wins together or something. So, I think it's up to interpretation. I could be wrong, but I just think of it as the three. Now, now when it comes to, Jay, when you said what happens if the Raptors traded all of their players to the Golden State, and Golden State either the, or the Raptors won with its completely different team, and they won multiple times. I would say yes, that's a dynasty. Uh, be, it, or, I would say yes, it, it continues that dynasty because it stays with at least the front office. Like Steve Kerr. Uh, Ro, is it Rob Palenka? No, that's not, no, that's that's not the LA. GM. No, you're uh, thinking of Bob Myers. Bob Myers is, is Golden State. Bob Myers, yeah. Bob Myers. Um, I, I think that that was still continued type of dynasty, but again, it, it's so up to interpretation. I think it leads more towards the players that are there that are familiar, along with the coach that makes it a dynasty. Um, but you know, I guess I'm just asking: Is Golden State Warriors a dynasty? Like uh, it, yes. this this interpretation of this team is it a dynasty? Yeah. Yes, yes, without hesitation. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Um, 
Do you want to go to the Celtics? What we thought about their run? Because yeah, if you guys remember the Celtics in the beginning of the season, they were twenty three and twenty. I think I think that was a record until they went on to this crazy run to become second in the East. Uh, I think outside of not really liking you know Boston fans, <laughs> oh, I wonder uh, why. I don't really have a say because I don't really know a lot of Boston fans besides, you know, out of course area, he's not even a Boston fan. But I really like this team. I really enjoy watching Marcus Smart. I like Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown is an extremely smart individual that I like watching him calculate on the floor. I really enjoy watching Al Horford and his, you know, FU to Father Time. I like Mike Adoku. Like, it's a great team. And I, not to say that I thought that they, oh, I, listen. I had them as as it's the winner of this year. Yeah, me too. I definitely same, put, same. All three of us did. Yeah. Yep. All three of us. Now did. we weren't as they, bad as ESPN predicting that Golden State had like ten percent chance to win. That's just stupid. Cool. But we all yeah. were in favor of the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, I I just thought that they had a better team. Yeah. Like a, the, I thought they would give more of a fight at the same time you watch this series and you're and you say you know what the experience that the golden state have the warriors have um is just far too much to far far too advanced when it compares to the celtics and a lot of these times you pick experience over anything Right, yeah. and, and in this case, yeah. you saw it. You saw it even, you know, whenever the Boston Celtics went on a, you know, a pretty big run, and then out of nowhere, you see a fantastic play called by Steve Kerr just to get like Clay Thompson open for a layup or something like that. Like they just have such a cool, calm, and collective way of how they play because they've been here all the time. At the same time, I think that I think there has to be some kudos to go to the Boston Celtics. What do you oh, guys? Yeah. Number one defense in the NBA. I think that's why all three of us chose it because we, we we were running by the old thinking, which was, and we weren't wrong in thinking that defense wins championship. But you know, mm-hmm. to your point, right? It's experience also factors in greatly here, and it's not to say that Golden State defense was was great too. Think about who they went through, right? They went through Luca and Ja and Jokic to get here, right? Mm-hmm. So. This is like I think we were really hyped up on who Boston got through to get to the finals, but we downplayed how how Golden State also got to the finals and running through their own fair share of a of a gauntlet of sorts. So um, yeah, I, I I I guess that's all I got to say about that. It's uh, hmm. the, Boston's an impressive team. They're going to be scary next year. Yeah, um, they're going to continue to annoy me. Um, I, I feel <laughs> weird that I was oddly cheering for them for a bit here, just because I wanted to be right about my prediction that they would win the championship. <laughs> but now I I feel like yeah. I feel clean now. I feel like okay, I can go back to hating their guts. <laughs> I oddly was also kind of cheering for them, mainly because you're right. I picked them uh, as the winners. However, it's it's just. <laughs> You know how for us Raptors fans, we've gone through so much torment and so much crap and everything before we became the team that we are now, which is not a perennial championship team at the moment, but we are a very attractive. We could go off for playoff runs for years to come. That took a while. That took a lot of heartbreak. 
for the Boston Celtics, that team in itself hasn't gone through that type of heartbreak when it comes to like being in the in, in the finals. They, th- I agree with you. I think with this type of experience, they're going to be quite scary come you know years years to come, especially if they keep this kind of core together. If they keep that core of like you know Smart Tatum Brown, um, White. Itoku, I, I think that they could be a dynasty of their own if they really wanted to. This this team is pretty scary. Uh, they just turned the ball over way too many times in this series. I, and it wasn't, I don't think it was careless, uh, you know, in comparison to the Warriors' defense. I think the defense of the Warriors was fantastic and they should get a lot of credit for it. But it was experience. You know, a lot of the times Jason uh, Jalen Brown would just drive into traffic and, and don't know where he's going and then draw a charge or you know jason tatum would try to jump and pass with draymond and jordan Poole there like trying to block and deflect it it was just it was careless in a way that that made it seem like they were inexperienced and i think they're going to learn from that it's it's moments like the finals that really opened up who who was important in what aspects so while tatum was getting shut down and people have said this time and time and time again, and I don't know if I can agree because I, I don't know my numbers and stats and everything too well, but we saw, like, if the if the Celtics actually won everything, the finals MVP could have quite easily been Jalen Brown. Like, we saw him coming mm-hmm. to play. I'm telling you right now, that guy is freakishly good. And I know people know that already. Uh, I know people know that about Tatum as well, and I'm not predicting this because I don't. I'm not comfortable enough. I don't know, but I'm just saying, if Jalen Brown winds up becoming the better player down the road, don't be surprised. Um, like he looked completely unfazed at times, and like he he looked like he belonged there. Yeah, yeah. Like he he seemed finals ready, and I'm not saying that anybody on on the Celtics didn't. The, the, the main thing about the Celtics, and they were shooting well. The defense was great. The coaching was great. You know, shout out to Ime, who who also looked comfortable AF there. Like, completely unfazed. This guy's going to get a Coach of the Year award in the future. Mark my words. That's that, that's that pop family tree right there. Yeah, the main mm-hmm. thing, the main thing is, and we talked about this briefly, that awful turnover rate. What they have to do is protect the ball don't commit to stupid, you know, stupid passes and whatnot. As you know, be comfortable through fundamentals. A lot of people like to crap on Tim Duncan for being boring to watch, but why the hell was he so good and arguably the best in his position and one of the top ten greatest players of all time? Because he just did things as they needed to be done. Once the Celtics, I feel like this finals run might have been a bit of a taste for them. Once they recognize this and they continue being arguably the best team in the league. I still think they were the better team. They just played more sloppily and they let the nerves get to them. Once they learn how to protect that rock, keep going, uh, sticking to the bare basics and knowing how to make the other team collapse, they could easily win a championship. I'm telling you, they could easily win a championship. I'm going to be... I I love that both of you are very objective in this. I won't be. I've already cleaned myself of talking good about the Boston Celtics. Uh, I'm totally fine with continued turnovers and not learning from this and 
Tatum dribbling into yeah. tra- traffic and Jalen Brown thinking he's good, but oh man, the turnovers keep keep turning it over. I'm good with that. Uh, I, I I'm I'm quite happy with them falling short now. Uh, I've accepted that. Um, you know, and and the the Raptors are. And here's the other thing: is like you saw it last night, right? Robert Williams was a beast defensively, yeah. and I have to keep reminding myself that he is the exact same height as Precious Achua. He's the exact same height as Scotty Barnes, and Interesting. I I don't know. He looks like he's seven feet. But <laughs> he's only six saying? nine. What I'm trying to say is, look out for these Raptors next year because um, they will capitalize on those turnovers, Boston. It is the it is officially the off season today. So we don't have to talk about any other team if we don't want to until until you know the Raptors win a championship uh, again, and then we got to wait next season, or if they get eliminated in the playoffs. Either way, it's the off season, baby. So we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to think about. You know, trades have already happened. Christian Woods going to Dallas with a and you know a whole bunch of people are going to the Rockets. Trades are going to happen here on from here on out. Um, and of course, you got the draft that's coming up next week. So look out for what's going on for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, it's off season, but again, congratulations to Golden State Warriors for being the 2021-22 NBA champions, and also congrats to the Boston Celtics. Ugh, that's the only time I'm going to ever say that. Um, okay, it's been time. I've 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 wanted to talk to you guys uh, for some time, so it's really it's good to talk to you guys. I want to ask you about some weekly recommends. Because I'm out of the loop. Um, I know that Drake just dropped an album. Oh, we don't uh, need to listen to that. No, that's not, that's not going to be in my recommends. No. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, what's it called? Whatever, never mind. That's literally all you need to know about it. <laughs> what it should be, really? Wow. Uh, so, give me some weekly recommends. If it's not going to be Drake's um, something, never mind, everything, whatever. <laughs> Tell me what you got. Dre, what do you have for weekly record? Well, first off, I could say if you want to listen to Drake, listen to Take Care and anything pretty much up to if you're reading this and everything afterwards, avoid like the plague. Anyway, so uh, my weekly recommendation, I'm a cinephile, so I'm, I'm about to get uh, geeky with it. Um, today, unfortunately, and this might go over your heads, but uh, regardless, I want to give a shout out to the unfortunate passing of Jean-Louis Tritignon, who is... Uh, 95 years old uh, when he passed, uh, one of the greatest French actors of all time. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Bertolucci's film The Conformist, which is one of the greatest films of the 70s, which starred Jean-Louis. And it's one of the greatest political films I've ever seen. It looks like it was shot in the 90s, even though it's a 70s film. Gorgeous to look at, powerful, effective. Go watch The Conformist. Cool. Love um, it. I, I'd like to say that while I was in Hollywood, I was thinking about you the whole time. Because uh, I didn't know... I didn't know 80 to 90% of the names that were on the floor, but I was like, Trey probably knows who this is. <laughs> if, you took, if you took pictures of the Walk of Fame, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you like a three-hour lesson. <laughs> on each one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those uh, tours. Um, Jay, weekly recommend, brother, while I was gone? Uh, I got a bunch. Uh, if we want to stick with the Drake thing, if you want uh, a recommend on Drake's new album, I would suggest checking out O'Shea Brissett's IG story. Uh, I'll just leave yes, it at that. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> as it pertains to my weekly recommends, I don't know which one to pick. Uh, let's go with, uh, I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but oh, 
No, maybe I did. Okay, no, I won't talk about that one. Uh, let's go with the uh, latest season of The Boys. Uh, every Friday, they got new episodes. Oh. I'm, I watch. I finished watching it before we recorded this pod. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, another good season of The Boys. Yeah, so yeah. that's my weekly recommend. I did watch. Uh, I did see somebody watch The Boys like for probably like five hours for the film, and they never, they never left. They never left Washington. They just kept watching. Kept watching the boys so I mean, it's apparently, apparently, I never watched. I gotta give it a go. Um, I also haven't fin- finished Stranger Things yet. I've watched the first episode, so no spoilers, please. All I right. know Bleacher Report all something for me, and I'm mad about it, but that's okay. That's my fault. Oh, they did. Damn, I'm yeah. not caught up yet, so I don't want to hear a thing either. <laughs> all right, all right. No I won't spoilers. No spoilers. On one one episode, and the, the end of that episode was pretty crazy. Okay. The my weekly recommend. Um, so I was again, as I said, I was in LA, so I didn't really get a chance. I didn't have any Wi-Fi, so I was on airplane mode the whole time, or I didn't have any data. Sorry. So whenever I had Wi-Fi, I kind of like caught up with some like, hello, social media stuff, whatever. But I really, I, I, I found this place called DK Oldies. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's it's pretty nerdy of me. Um, what they do is they take they buy your uh old video games nintendo playstation you know game boys whatever you got they they, you sell it to them they refurbish it and they sell it off but what they do fantastically is that they have a social media team that like go through these old boxes of like classic games and it's just like a very nostalgic thing where they where they like you know go through genesis and they see nes games and uh super mario games or super nintendo games but like they they just talk about it really and and I thought that their social media team should get a shout out so nice. check out DK Oldies as in Donkey Kong DK Oldies they have all this TikTok and if you really want to sell your game so that so someone else can play them uh, I thought it was great I thought it was such a good concept I think it's a little bit overpriced but like hey so people got to get money but anyways DK Oldies is my recommend <laughs> nice nice yeah man well it was good to talk to you guys. Um, Dre, where can I find you, brother? You can find me on Instagram at I am left, E-Y-E-A-M-L-E-F-T. And you can find my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale. That's F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-L-E.com, no spaces. I am in the midst of reviewing every single Palm d'Or winner in the history of Cannes Film Festival. So uh, right now we are in the heat of the 70s. Um, you're going to see some interesting stuff there, like Taxi Driver, Tree of Wooden Clogs, um, Apocalypse Now is coming up. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Jay, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Uh, you know, I've been talking okay. about this for weeks on this episode. Uh, my player review of Precious Achua finally went out on Raptors HQ. So make sure to catch it there. Uh, we've got some good stuff on the site, uh, especially with Draft Watch coming up. Um, so by the time we record this, our next episode, we'll be talking about whoever the Raptors stole at pick number 33. So make sure to get your draft watch on on Raptors HQ. Uh, but that's it for me. Uh, over to you, Jason. Can't wait, man. Uh, you can find all of us on Desperate Pod. And the, the off season is finally here. So we can finally talk about some Raptor news. But until then, everybody, it's good to be back home. That's a wrap. <laughs>